Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com and you can watch the international ballet competition. It occurs every four years and it's happening June 10th through June. 24th, and that's part and thanks to who we'll be talking about today, a Jacksonian of long ago, Miss Thalia Mara. I may have said it halfway better then, but I'll ask the authors of her upcoming biography, Miss Carla and Miss Carolyn. They wrote To Dance to Live, a biography of Thalia Mara. Did I get it better that time, ladies? Great job. <laughs> and we all know Thalia Mara Hall, and some of us know how to say it, and obviously some of us don't, but many of us don't know the story behind the woman who inspired the Hall, and then also helped bring the IBC, as it's called, to, to Jackson. So let's just start with whoever wants it. What inspired you ladies to say, she needs a biography? We should write a book about Miss Mara. Well, I'll start. Um, I'm a biographer, and I had already written four biographies for University Press of Mississippi. And two of those biographies, one on Eudora Welty and one on Margaret Walker, um, were my first two books. And after I wrote the second one, Carla, my collaborator and dear friend, gave me a photograph of Eudora Welty, Margaret Walker, and Thalia Mara, who were all honored in 1998 at the Mayor's Art Awards Achievement Honors. And it was a great night where the three of women were celebrated for their contributions to the arts, Welty and Walker for literature and Thalia Mara for dance and dance education. And I got that photograph and I framed it and hung it in my office and I felt like I had to finish what I started, which is a biography on Thalia Mara. But that's part of the story. The other story is, I'll let Carla tell it, um, she had been on me to write this book for a while, <laughs> and other books intervened. So. That's right. Um, I would meet Thalia in the first year or so that she would move to Jackson, which was in 1975, um, through the arts and through dance and through other things that were going on in the community. And over the years, obviously, we get to know her better, work on a number of projects with her, um, just be involved in a lot of things, including the early IBC and 
uh, Late of the World Performance Series and a number of things that Thalia was always thinking about uh, and putting out there. And I just felt like she was such a remarkable woman. Her life, as was true with Carolyn's other two subjects, uh, Eudora Welty and Margaret Walker Alexander, it, it almost spanned would span on you know a century almost she would see uh dance from really its very early beginnings as it would come into this country and would be involved with a lot of um well-known people in in dance and it just seemed like and then she would start her life over again at the age of 65 in jackson i mean just totally all over again and from that would come the ibc as well as other things and she just seemed like an inspiration and a person so when carolyn and i would talk about various and sundry things which we would do i would always say well what about thalia and and carolyn obviously recognized that didn't know it, but she'd say, well, I have this book, or I have this book, <laughs> or I have this book. <laughs> and finally, we just came, I mean, it just came down to it. So You had no more excuses, right? <laughs> it, well, ex- exactly. And it was my pandemic project, actually, and it worked out extremely well because Carla has been the caretaker of all these fabulous archival materials. She helped clean out Thalia's house after she died. She, they've been in storage. And I literally could work on this book at home. I didn't have to go anywhere. And so it was a really nice project and to Carol have during that And Carolyn and I were neighbors, time. by the way. I yeah. mean, within walking distance, actually. And I will have to say at this point, we have to give, a, we have to give credit to Thalia's niece, Leanne Mahoney, who lives in New York, who is... Um, I guess really the official keeper, and she had many wonderful photographs and other things. So as I would work with her, and those would come, and she was always willing to contribute information and stuff that we needed. When so. you're looking at doing a biography of someone who lived, oh gosh, close to a hundred years right. more, and as you mentioned, Carla lived multiple lives within those hundred years. How do you even start to? I know that her life is the story, but how do you start to create the story of a such a diverse life? Right. Well, in all my biographies. Carla mentioned Eudora Welty and Margaret Walker. They lived almost the entirety of the 20th century. So the chapters, you know, kind of lended themselves to historical periods within the century. So the childhood and then the Depression and then, uh, well, in Thalia's case, you know, during the Depression, she found herself in New York, you know, working hard to make a living. And so that you know, was just felt like a period of time to focus on. And then then in the middle, the 40s and 50s, she really focused on teaching. So that kind of acted like a chapter. And then moving to Jackson in 19, in the 70s, mid-70s, and that okay. was a chapter. So it all kind of, once you read all of the materials, you kind of figure out those divisions. Carla, you met Miss Thalia in the 70s, which I guess she would have then, I'm trying to, she would have been, been 65, 65 at that she point. Moved here. Mm-hmm. Did she ever mention or do you ever ask, like, why Jackson? What was it that draw? I mean, of all the places she could have lived at, and retire, I mean, well, it's well, not that, a terrible place. That's but. both a long story, which I will sort of shorten here. I'm sure it's in uh, the book. And it's the, in the book. And it yeah. is in the book, absolutely. But the, uh, the Jackson Ballet was looking for a new director. Thalia had been a well-known educator, teacher, 
uh, had a school. Yes. All these things in New York for a number of years. And that had uh, changed, partly due to public funding and other issues that are always a problem for the arts, quite frankly, in and out. Some things never change. I know, they never change. (laughs) And so so, uh, there were people here who had a connection, you know, as we always love to say in Mississippi, somebody always has a connection with somebody somewhere. Well, somebody actually had a connection with someone who knew Thalia. Uh, They mentioned Thalia both to the board here and I guess the board to Thalia and people went up and they met and the rest as they say is history. Then she would choose to come here. But I do think it is remarkable and I also think for me and for all of us it is a uh, it's something to take note of that you can start. She starts a whole new career in a place she had never been in a place where she knew no one except the people who had come to hire, and then just becomes a central, central part and of the leaves arts, a lasting and legacy, a legacy mm-hmm. in the arts community and in Jackson. It's amazing. I do agree. I think that's a piece of her story that could be inspiring to a lot of people, but also, you know, just interesting, right? When you look over a life, how the different sort of facets can change, but it seems like the thing that was central through has always been dance. Did you ever get to ask her what was it about? the love of dance that drew or connected her to the beginning, or did you find that maybe through your well, research? I think the title reflects it. Yeah, yeah, to dance to live, where several people told me that that was her mantra. And so that's why we wanted to use it for the title of the book. I, I, we wanted to make clear, too, in the book that, yes, dance was central to her life, but all the arts were important to Thalia. She was a patron of all the arts, and that is an idea we wanted readers to take from the book. Because after bringing the IBC, Carla mentioned these other programs and projects she worked on into her 80s um, to bring extraordinary performers to Jackson in all types of uh, arts like music and acting and drama and so it was never just about dance it was and she wrote and she wrote yeah part of her legacy what connects her with Welty and Walker is she wrote 11 books on dance instruction uh, that were republished several times and in many languages. Could you imagine what tea with those three ladies must have been like? Yeah, I <laughs> Or wish. maybe bourbon, I don't know. <laughs> I know a little bit about a few of them, but you, know, you yes. just, you know, you never know. And I think learning these stories and recognizing when you're, you know, especially now when you're downtown and you see the, the hall that's named after her, learning who that was and what their contribution, and again, mm-hmm. that this was her third act, so to speak, mm-hmm. I guess, by moving to Jackson. Um, but there's so many more stories about Miss Thalia or Thalia, Mara, and uh, To Dance to Live, a biography, and we'll get to those and more coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us. So we are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We're continuing our conversation with two authors, Miss Carla and Miss Carolyn. They wrote To Dance to Live, a biography of Thalia Mara. She is, uh, I was a dancer, a teacher, and a patron that was recognized internationally for bringing world-class ballet to Mississippi. You guys may not recognize that Mississippi is thought of when you, when you think of world-class ballet, which I think is super cool that more people should be uh, proud of, right? That that our name Jackson, Mississippi is in there when when you think about that internationally. But Thalia was also a person, right? I mean, she didn't just was just valet. She's a person who lived 92 years wise. Yeah. And so that's a lot of uh, a lot of time um, to sort of uh, make a mark. So, Carla, I know you knew her personally. What was she like as a person, sort of the background of her? I mean, when you meet someone and you get to know them, what are the things she shares um, about well, her background? She was lovely and she was was always gracious and always interested in things, very interested in things, and kept very uh, current in art art world, ballet world, and other words. But she could also be very determined and sometimes stamp that little ballet foot and or stomp it, I guess. And she could be fiery. She was very focused on. the projects and things that she had in mind and demanded sort of really good hard work from the people that she worked with. I think whether that was a student or whether you were working with her on another project. But When uh, did the hall become part of her history? Was she still with us whenever she got to see Thalia Mar yeah, Hall? Yeah, 1994. Created? Yeah, was renamed for her. And that was another year she received some other honors. And Lynn Green Root, who was a Mississippi artist, did a portrait of Thalia Thalia Marr that now hangs in Thalia Marr Hall. And it was dedicated that year as well. Was she still with us, obviously, whenever she started getting the International Ballet Competition to Jackson? How did that sort of happen? Uh, again, a short version of that is Thalia took the job, came to Jackson. Uh, she was certainly, uh, you know, excited to be here, excited to have her classes. But she realized after she had been here for a while, she she would often say, and she told this story often, she would say, oh, I thought Jackson had such a great ballet community. What she realized later was that she had met every single one of them <laughs> when she was down interviewing for the job. And... But the one thing she noticed about Mississippi was we are a state of sports and competitions, and people love it. And she decided that ballet is a sport, and it could be a competition. And so she, along with many others, nothing like that ever happens because of just one person, had to have, you know, the, the city, the state, the boards, all those people come on board, and they lobby to have the USA. IBC, which was just coming on board 
to come to Jackson. Of all the places it could come. And there's it, it rotates every four years, just like that's the correct. Olympics. And so it's coming this year, so that's a big deal. Everything's being transformed in, in the metro area to sort of welcome in the dancers and all the sort of talent. And you could sort of trace it back to at least one person's passion for getting Absolutely. getting it getting it here. But I can only imagine a young Thal Yamara at, you know, nineteen eleven, right? You don't think that you're gonna have a building named after you and get an international competition brought to Jackson, Mississippi, right? So what was and you know, in nineteen eleven as a young dancer, just figuring out uh, you know, she had this passion for the arts, what was life like for Thalia then? So in ni- she was born in 1911, and she was living in Chicago. She was an only child, and her mother was a Russian immigrant who was a seamstress, and she ha- she worked, and she needed to find after-school activities for her child, you know, while she was at work. Like, we all can relate to that, mothers can. And she's, one of the activities was dance. So for a few years, she was dancing with a, in a little dance troupe, Miss Butler, and we have we have images in the book of her dancing during this time, and she loved it. She just loved dancing whenever she could. But it was the parent of another child in that group. This is uh, we've got this information from her niece Leanne Mahoney um, that made the remark that she was very good and she probably needed a more professional teacher. And so her mother found a Russian ballet teacher in Chicago, and I talk about that whole history of um, how he got to Chicago in the book, and that was really, she says, when her true ballet education started, and so learning from Russian ballet teachers was like a mark from then on. She had other Russian masters, and that was the model that she would then use when she taught dance later on in her life. And and mention the connection of Anna. Anna Pavlova. Mm-hmm. So I say in the book that the moment I think that she fell in love with dance was seeing the great Anna Pavlova dance, who was a Russian dancer who was traveling at the time in 1921. And Anna Pavlova, if you're not familiar with her, did The Dying Swan. And she was the famous swamp ballerina who did The Dying Swan. And so I found a program in the papers that Carla had in boxes of a program from one of her performances. So I'm fairly certain that Thalia and her mother attended this. And she also had like a trading card, you know, like we have them for sports athletes, but they were for ballet dancers in the 1920s. She had one of those cards in the collection too. So when she saw that performance, she was just enthralled. I mean, at, at that point too, she fell in love with dance as more than just a after school activity. So who is this book for? Is this for the ballet, the person who loves ballet or sort of as a sport? Is this a person who is interested in someone's just story of overcoming and then going through all the decades or everybody in between? Carolyn, when you're saying like, you know, this would be a great, uh, you know, beach book for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's make what everybody it, make a case. Make a case or buy the lake book or whatever it may be. Like, what? how do you sort of describe it? Well, all my biographies I call general reader biographies. They're not long, but they're well-researched and scholarly, but I think fairly easy to read. Um, this book, I really wanted to educate at least people in Mississippi who Thalia Mara was. We all know, as you pointed out, Thalia Mara Hall, but who's Thalia Mara? I really think very few people know. That's not a Southern name. (laughs) Right, right. And so it was really important to me to 
and Carla to get the story out there of who she was. Why is this auditorium named for her? Because of everything she did contribute to our state. So, yeah, it's for general readers. It's for lovers of ballet. But I think it's really, I mean, my gift, too, to Mississippians to learn more about. I think it needs to be a movie. Uh, Well, it could be. (laughs) be. They've got great photos and visuals. I mean, you can't be on stage that many years and not have fabulous photos. But I would say that is all true, too. But again, I want to go back. I think if you strip it all away, it is about, as you mentioned, too, it is about one person's passion and the ability to stay focused on that and to move that and to change through the the aging process of years. Let's face it, dancing is very tough. It is very athletic. Most dancers have a limited time in which they can actually literally perform. So you've got a whole life left over. And what are you going to do with it? Well, Thalia did tons with it. As a dancer, what was her pinnacle as a as a dancer? Or maybe she or you would describe it. Hard to say, probably in the 30s or 40s. Well, the late 30s, she danced with her husband, Arthur Mahoney, and they they were very popular. They graced covers of dance magazines and were touring all over North America and Canada. And so I would say that was the period of their peak popularity, and they could dance all genres of dance. They weren't even limited to ballet. They, of course, knew classical ballet, but they did jazz and flamenco and character dancing and papers. I talk about, I quote uh, reviews from newspapers about, you know, how their wonderful performances and their skill. And Thalia goes on from there, though, to be a renowned arts educator and had amazing thoughts and ideas that are only just now trickling in really uh, to people's thoughts about the way that might work so she would get a she would be recognized maybe not at the general population but she was recognized uh, in, the in that area and within the industry too and I'm sure still is where can we get the book well the book is for sale at Lemuria which is our independent bookstore here in Jackson. It's also available from University Press of Mississippi or on Amazon. Uh-huh. And you ladies will be at the IBC. Absolutely. Selling, Absolutely. Selling well, yes, the IBC will, will be, be selling, selling it. it. Yes. The book will be available the whole two weeks. And I want to give a, I do want to give a shout out to the IBC. Uh, it starts on the 10th of June, goes through the 24th. It is very exciting. Three rounds and then the gala. And if people have not had an opportunity to go and see it, they really, really should. And coming up next Monday, just to put a plug, we'll have a dancer in studio. Miss Carla, how do you say his name? Alexi. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a Mississippian. He is a Mississippian, which, which is, is super special. And it's done special. really, really well. He's from Hattiesburg, so I can't wait to bring you that. But get the book, and you guys stick with us. we got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can also catch good things live, too, on Seasmire TV. If you got that, we are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel. We'll just tell you it's hot, and it's just hot right now, <laughs> which is which is not necessarily a bad thing. But joining us in the studio now is Miss Jane Walton. She's with Disability Rights Mississippi, and they've got the Mississippi Disability Mega Conference, which is coming up, and it's something you may need to know about. So welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. The good news is the conference is going to be indoors, right? Yes, it is indoors, air-conditioned. The Hilton, where it will be, has a lovely pool. So if you join us and stay, we'll make sure you stay nice and cool. So this is the mega conference. So no pressure, but it sounds like it's a big one. It is a mega conference. So this is a group of about 10 different disability advocacy organizations that come together. Um, this is probably, it's been going on for over 10 years now. So we come together um, to put on a mega conference for the disability community, um, for people with disabilities, for their family members, for caregivers and service providers. So it's a really great time for the community to get together and find out about resources and support. So I've learned over the years here at Good Things that the word disability means different things. And some folks who think that um, it's only like a slither of sort of, I guess, conditions or people with uh, particular ailments, but really it's a umbrella term. A lot of different folks fall under the word disability. So how do y'all describe that? Right, absolutely. We say that the disability community is incredibly diverse. So um, when we are talking about disabilities, we're talking about any person, um, whether they have a physical disability, a mental health disability, maybe a developmental or learning disability. Um, and we also like to remind people that disabilities can be permanent and they can also be temporary. So just because you might not have been touched by a disability in your lifetime, um, that's not to say at one point um, in the future you might experience a disability yourself or a family member. Um, so yeah, it's incredibly diverse. We like to remind people that disabilities can be invisible. Um, so, you know, it's not just that um, kind of handicap sign that people envision when you think about disability. Um, it's people all ages, all walks of life. Um, and so we just want the whole community to feel empowered, um, whatever disability they may have. You mentioned, Jane, that many organizations are coming together to sort of help make this um, sort of possible. I know you don't necessarily list all of them, but who who out there is coming to the table to bring all their resources for this one big mega event? Yeah, so um, a lot of people might not know that Mississippi has a lot of really incredible organizations for people with disabilities. So like you mentioned, I'm with Disability Rights Mississippi. We are the state's protection and advocacy agency for people with disabilities. So we provide legal advocacy services. Um, the Coalition for Citizens with Disabilities is a great group where um, different advocates come together. Um, a lot of people might not know that at the University of Southern Mississippi, there's the Institute of Disability Studies. So there's a whole group kind of researching um, disability and also helping students with disabilities um, throughout their education. So they're going to be involved. Um, the Council on Developmental Disabilities, um, mental health organizations, um, the Arc of Mississippi, you like, name it. Yes, it's definitely. Yes. And also to the Brain Injury Association, which I yes. think sometimes we forget, like brain injury, sport, spinal cord injuries, those type of things like sort of fall under that. Yeah. And I think the point is just, you know, open your mind to what it means in terms of having a disability and then what sort of resources or programs may be out there to help someone or you 
you know, take that next step in life or either further your career, your education, or maybe figuring out ways to improve quality of life through all of these things that are that are out there. Because if you don't know, you don't know. But, you know, there's a reason there's there's things. I also know there's a lot of CEUs. So we've probably got a lot of uh, educators, healthcare professionals or the like listening. What can they expect out of out of the conference? Yes. So we are really focusing the content of the conference on disability throughout the life cycle um, and in all areas of life. So there will be sessions on everything from mental health to um, navigating those systems like Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security. There's going to be sessions on supported decision making. We really like to focus on empowering people with disabilities to make decisions for themselves. um, And There will be sessions on education, um, so some really great resources for educators, service providers. Um, People can go to our website, it's msmegaconference.org, for the full breakdown of all the sessions. Um, And like you mentioned, there's great opportunities for CEUs for those professionals, and all that information is available on the website. And what about your great speakers? Who should we be keeping our eyes out for? Well, we have three really great keynote speakers, um, the first of which is a woman named Kristen Smedley. Um, We're really excited to be bringing her to Mississippi. She is the mother of um, several children who are blind, and so um, she... You know, not a person with a disability herself, but as a mother has just become a champion and an advocate and has done such incredible work in um, championing research for her children's uh, rare disease that um, caused them to be blind. Um, She's written books and speaks all over the country. So we're really excited to have her kind of from that advocate uh, champion parent perspective. Um, We'll also be having Jonathan Martinez, who is an attorney who um, worked on this national case um, for supported decision making. So supported decision making is the idea that people with disabilities should be able to make decisions for themselves um, with the input from their loved ones, guardians, um, medical providers. So he really championed that cause. So we're excited to be bringing him um, to the mega conference. And then finally, uh, Maggie Wade, everyone's beloved WLBT anchor, will be joining us. um, And she will be talking about caregiving um, from the perspective of a daughter whose um, father had a disability later in life. So we're really excited for her to speak on that, um, championing caregiving, um, and also taking care of yourself as a caregiver. Which is so important. Absolutely. And so really, it just depends on like where this fits into your life, whether it's you or a loved one, or you know, if maybe you are an employer or an employee, there just feels like there may be something for sort of for everyone, Jane. Yeah, absolutely. We don't call it the mega conference for nothing. <laughs> so yeah, whether you are a person with a disability, we, all, we often have people with disabilities come join us, um, as well as parents and advocates and educators and really the whole, you know. I need to know how the mega conference came up. It's like, were you all sitting around at a table? I was like, what do we call this? And then someone's like, oh, shoot, it's just yeah, a mega conference. It is. It's a mega conference with so many great organizations, so much great information. Um, so we're, we're really excited and encouraging people. It's not too late to register to join us. So it's two days. So is it the full two days? Tell it's, us sort of that breakdown. So it is June the 6th and the 7th um, here in Jackson. It'll be at the Hilton. Um, it'll start um, 
early that first morning and people can even come register you know that morning of starting at 7 30 um, and we'll have a full day full of great speakers and our keynotes um, that night we will have a, a game night which is a really fun opportunity for attendees to network in a more relaxed setting so that'll be on the 6th and then on the 7th we'll get started in the morning again and conclude around noon so we've got about a day and a half um, and so it's great for people that are in town if if you're traveling from out of town you can you know stay overnight at the Hilton there's still rooms available um, so we just think it's gonna be a really great time how many do you usually have come out for this uh, mega conference so last year was our first year back after wow. hiatus from COVID um, and that was my first mega conference to attend and we had I believe over 300 people so we're expecting uh, another big turnout this year. And if you are listening to good things and maybe you fall in the line of having a disability or trying to navigate life with one, how can you get in touch with all the exhibitors or the sponsors or I see all the co uh, different organizations because I feel like there's something for someone they didn't know they needed yes. um, that's going to be there or listed, but maybe the speakers or whatnot doesn't fall into their you know everyday life. Right, absolutely. So the best place to go is to MS megaconference.org so there you can find the whole list of the planning organizations so that might be a great place to find out about new resources um, you can learn more about the speakers about registration um, we're also going to be providing respite services for children so you know if there's a parent of a child with a disability who wants to attend but needs someone to care for their child during the day all day on Tuesday on that first day um, we'll be having respite services today is actually the last day to register for those services so if you're listening head on over to our website um, and you can begin that um, application process um, so yeah msmegaconference.org where you can find all the good details all righty well i think it's going to be a good turnout I'm glad to see folks are getting to get back in um, person I know it's always more fun to conference it's yes. not, is it really a mega conference if you have to do it on zoom on it is zoom? not <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're excited to all be back together and um hope the community comes out and joins us rain or shine msmegaconference.org i made it sound like it was outside it's not outside that's why it's that's <laughs> <laughs> why it's on the inside as you mentioned jane well i appreciate your time folks need to if they're interested learn more about it all right you guys stick with us we got more for you up next love is patient love is kind love is all we really got never fails never leaves faith open love and the greatest of these is love Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. You can't not wait for it. You know it's coming. You talk before it. 
just messes up the whole Elvis flow. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can catch Good Things, too, in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get your Super Talk Mississippi News team. They are covering your Mississippi stories. So if you want to stay up to date, you can sign up for their free weekly newsletter at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And I was over at supertalk.fm today, and I saw the headline date set for the 2023 Mississippi State Fair. And I thought, no, we just had the fair. Like, not no for the fair. Like, just no, in fact, of like, oh, we, is it already that time to start talking about the Mississippi State Fair? Man, this year is just flying by. June will be here, what, Thursday? Because this is the Mondayest Tuesday ever. So trying to figure out what day of the week it is. It's like, wow, we were like halfway over. And I swear we just we just got this um, started. But if you want to go ahead and put that on your calendar, it's going to be uh, Thursday, October the 5th through Sunday, October uh, the 15th. And you can read all about the uh, date set for the 2023rd Mississippi State Fair over at supertalk.fm. You can also read about Southern Miss heading to Auburn Regional as the road to Omaha begins. I know you'll get more of that coming up next on Sports Talk Mississippi. But I just need to go ahead and remind you that we are here. And if we make it to the Dippity dip dip dip. I am the one who predicted it a year ago. Just saying it. And if it doesn't happen, then forget what I said. <laughs> forget everything that came out of my mouth. <laughs> so good luck. I'm trying boys. to do the math, but I think there are about a dozen games left between now and your prediction. Right. Yep. Which we can go back and timestamp improve. Just so everybody knows that it was me. It was me. It was all me. Everything, every bit of it. <laughs> none of their talent, none of their luck, none of nothing. Nope. All, all right here. My prediction went straight to the top. And whoever heard it and, and is making it happen. No. In all seriousness, no. Congratulations. And it is, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you're excited. It's thrilling. And um, we're all wishing. And then again, jumping on the train, the fact that they're just uh, playing for the home team. And so wishing them um, all the luck in the world. One um, Pascagoula native had plenty of luck when she was on Wheel of Fortune. If you missed this headline, I know it's a little uh, few days old or maybe about a week old. You can catch it, too, over at supertalk.fm and also in the Good Things Facebook group. But her and her grandson walked away with over $56,000 after successfully guessing the correct phrase. This was last Tuesday night, so I guess it's about a week old um, episode of Wheel of Fortune. And I'm always just genuinely amazed at folks who can use all the sides of their brains under pressure to come up with um, the the um, correct answer because if you go and you actually look at the article at supertalk.fm they show you like what was up there before he goes into his good luck you've got 10 seconds to talk it out and I don't I know 10 seconds can be a long time depending on what you're doing but from you know my I guess limited experience 10 seconds to come up with the answer to something crazy is a short amount of time and they got it like they got it fancy boutique how they figured that out was said you'd have to go see it so go see it or go click on it in the good things facebook group i'm like i'd have never gotten that at all yeah out of the the letters that make up the phrase fancy boutique they had five of them and not the five that immediately make you think oh that says fancy boutique no it it was a good solve it was a really good solve and so it gave them an additional uh, 40000 in prize money, which brought their total takeaway to $56,590, which isn't bad for a grandmother and grandson 
um, outing, which I think is 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 pretty cool as well. And everyone who watched it uh, has been chiming in, saying they were rooting for him, and that it was fun to watch, and it was just a really good um, a really good episode. So um, you can go back and and check that out as well. And if you haven't been over on the Good Things Facebook group, you should. You can go see all the great um, photos and a little bit of video from all the cool things that happened at uh, Trustmark Park. The Mississippi Braves put on a wonderful Memorial Day uh, weekend in honor of our servicemen and women. And um, the photos definitely reflect that it looked like it was a great turnout, a lot of meaningful moments, and some good old-fashioned um, baseball. So kudos to that as well. And it's, it's officially summer, right? Memorial Day kicks off the fact that it is officially summer. I hope you got to spend a little time in water of some capacity, whether it was a pool, a pond, a lake, a creek, an ocean, or like my daughter who went from the pool to the sprinkler whenever we got home. So it is tis tis the season to, I guess, run from the sun. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Or try to find refuge from the sun any any which way you possibly possibly can. All right, the conversation never ends over on the Good Things Facebook group. We would love to have you there. But as mentioned, stick with us. You got the boys up next. They've got Sports Talk Mississippi from three to six. Rano and I will meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.